morning. So we are in our Under Construction series across all our locations. And um, the series is about building our lives into what God has called us to be and do. And um, this week's theme is Perspective, which is, I thought, cleverly named Windows. You know, we see out of these. And, um, you know, oh, how as Christians we need to live our lives with a Christian perspective. It needs to guide everything. And um, really, I wanted to start here this morning by saying God is at work. He is at work. That should be the number one perspective of our life. God is at work. He's not sitting like, I went to put the pulpit up this way. I was like, oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll preach to the band this morning. I was like, God's not like that. He's not like facing the other direction. He's just like his attention is on you. His attention is on us. And he is at work. Um, Hebrews 3 verse 4 says, For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. You know, Jesus was uh, born to build and restore. And, you know, and his earthly job as carpenter, I was like you were sharing this morning, uh, carpentry jobs. But, uh, you know, I'm sure he put a, a lot of things together, probably even some windows, I don't know. But uh, fortunately for us, his primary building project was not things made out of wood. Jesus was born to construct the living temple of God. And that's us. The living temple of God, his people and his church. He does that through fashioning our lives to reflect his image, the image of the Father. And um, Philippians 1.6 says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at that day of Jesus Christ. He is at work in our lives. We have the Spirit of God moving, changing, guiding, comforting, being the, the, the source that we need to move forward in this call that he has uh, given us. So, you know, but there's so many times, there's so many times that we deny God access to our lives. You know, giving him reasons, possibly, why we can't be formed into his image, why we can't do the thing we've called, he's called us to do. You know, we get in our own way with attitudes and emotions and unbelief or whatever, things that we're holding on to that aren't from him. But he stands ready to give us reasons of why we can be built into his image. And we need his perspective, our worldview, our outlook, everything to align with his. Who we are needs to align with him. So our perspective, our perspective affects how we see God, ourselves, our lives and opportunities. Can I grab a tissue? I feel like I've been caught in the rain this morning. I, was, uh, I live in Arcadia. Does anyone know Arcadia? Thank you. Does anyone know where Arcadia is? It's like over near Goldston. And I did the mad dash through the paddocks and the puddles. I like, we don't have sealed things like normal folk do. And uh, yeah, I got caught in the rain rather big this morning. Actually, on the way here, I thought I was going to be taken out because I came the back road. So come up through Moralia and Pitt Town and Windsor. And then that, that was apparently the, the fastest way to Penrith from my house. And I was like, it's also all these like dingy back roads and, and whatever. And I was like, this car just hydroplaned. And I was like, Oh, my gosh. So, I'm glad I made it here this morning. So, anyway, thank you for my tissue. Um, So, our perspective affects how we see God, ourselves, lives, and others. Godly perspective gives us an understanding of the relative importance of things. And recently, I had um, a a story. We have stepped out um, in C3 Cares, and we have, God has called us to... uh, 
plant our first care centre outside of a church building. So we would go previously and we would hire a community centre for the evening or whatever. But this is the first time we were actually like going in, putting down roots and um, and paying rent, basically. <laughs> and so we've, we've connected the, an op shop and a care centre together. So the care centre, uh, the op shop kind of pays for the, the care centre. It's in Maryland. And, um, and the, uh, you know, I walked in the door and this was something that God had clearly spoken. He had clearly spoken this was the direction. And then, but then the, the struggle to get, you know, everything through, all the bits and pieces that I needed to get through. By the time I actually got in the door, I was like exhausted. <laughs> I was like, oh, do I even want to do this? Like, I was like, that was, that was my, first, uh, my first thought as I, as I walked through the door of like, oh, this is real now. What have I got myself into? And, um, and God's like immediately like, what? You should be dancing. Like, this is going to create so much opportunities. But my perspective was framed by my own exhaustion, my own, you know, striving, my own whatever it was. And, you know, God just came in and was like, nah, nah, nah. This is going to be awesome. Because, like, I started getting this anxiety, hey. I was like, okay. Like, hey, to cover the rent, we need to have, sell this many items. And I'm looking around, I'm like, there's not that many people around here. And I was like, so all the, my, my worldly perspective started dominating how I was feeling inside. And, um, and you know, I just, like, had to reposition myself. I had to reposition myself. It was a bit like I was actually thinking about it. It was a bit like the actual windows on the shop. They had been... Um, they had been cleaned, kind of, like the previous stickers had come off, but there was still the outlines, there was still the mark, it was still like grubby and, you know, you couldn't really see through them clearly. And then we got the guy in to come in and fix it all up and I was like, whoa, this is way better. Like the, the impact that just clearing the windows had had, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And, um, and that's what, you know, I needed to do in my spirit. I needed to do in my spirit because I realised I was getting you know, caught up in doing this in my own strength. I was caught up doing this, you know, putting it on my own shoulders when really it's the call of God and it's his job to do this. And, um, and so, you know, I went, I went straight to prayer, straight to my Bible. And I don't, does this ever happen to you where you just open your Bible in prayer and you're just like, whoa, that's exactly what I needed to hear. That happens to me all the time. I'm very grateful for it. And, um, and it was like immediately... Immediately, as all these feelings and anxiety was creeping in, I read Isaiah 50 verse 7. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, so because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, like rock, that I, will not, that I know that I will not be put to shame. And I was like, right. That's my perspective right there. That's what God is saying about... Did we have that up there? That's okay. I was pointing to it. Um, <laughs> that's our perspective right there because, oh, how he supports us. Anything that he calls us to do, he equips us for. Anything that he calls us to do, he makes a way for. And there's seasons and there's changes and the things that I was doing, you know, before I'm not doing now, he moves us and changes us and that's okay. We need to be flexible. But, you know, he is our greatest help. And, you know, I read uh, Vicky Simpson, you know, Vicky Simpson, awesome uh, prophet, uh, a post at the same time online. And, she, and there was just like a little thing that she just threw out. And she said, Jesus is good at his job. And I was like, that's right. 
That's right. I'm not stepping into this place of, you know, outside my comfort zone all on my own. You know, I know I have my church family. I know I have the cares team. I know I have whatever. But I knew I had put my neck on the line for this thing. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Jesus is good at his job. That's going to be my perspective. That's how I'm going to frame this. And, you know, immediately people started knocking on our door. Are you open yet? Are you open yet? Are you open yet? And I was like, oh, my gosh, there are customers. (laughs) So I was like, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. You know, God spoke and then my perspective changed. And now let's do this. So good. Okay. So the verse for this week actually is 1 Corinthians 13. It says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So there's some growth going on here. You know, he, he was not left the same. He's, you know, increasing, increasing, doing things differently, growing in the Lord. And it says, for now we only see a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I should know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now I was always uh, heard uh, this, this passage, very famous passage of scripture, and I was like, okay, well, you know, when I look in the mirror, like I can see things pretty clearly, like, you know, it's not really like that bad. But I, um, I was drawn to Google this week what mirrors look like back in those days. I think I've got a picture here. They were actually made out of polished bronze. So as you're looking into these biblical mirrors, the mirrors that Paul is uh, referring about, you're not going to see actually a very clear reflection of yourself. It's going to be a bit, you know, skewed. It's a bit whatever. They actually used to, um, they said that when they made the, um, one of the basins in the the temple of God, the women all donated their mirrors and they melted them down and made these big bronze basins. So I was like, this is kind of like what Paul is, is, is talking about. He's saying like the mirror that we're seeing right now, it's not a full, we don't get the full grasp. We don't take it in fully yet. We don't take it in fully yet. But, but we have these three, these three things that can guide us, that can frame us, that can help us. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, we trust and believe in our Savior. We trust and believe in our Savior because he can do what he says. He can do it. And he's willing to do it. He's willing. He's willing and able. And we put our faith in him. We hope. We have a strong foundation. Yeah, I don't know if you ever get discouraged. I sometimes get discouraged for a little while until I flick it off and go, you know what? I have a hope in Christ. He will not fail me. He will not. And my perspective changes and love. Everything he does for you and I is in love. We know that we can live our lives with God on our side, knowing that he is acting for us in our best interests and, and doing things in a way that, that we feel like we're not on our own. Like when we feel like we're far from God, it's not him that's moved, it's us. You know, it's not him that's moved. So we can live our lives. So when, so when we're not seeing things exactly clearly, when we don't have the full picture of what we're needing to do, we have these things. We can trust him. We have faith. We can have hope. We do not need to be discouraged just because we haven't seen it yet. And we can have the assurance of the love of God 
acting in us and through us for others. We receive these and embrace these for ourselves and others. These things need to rule our perspective. They need to dictate our vision and expectations and our expectations. Faith in Christ, that he is the truth and the life, secure in the hope of our salvation and resting in the love of God. And when we don't have these, when we don't have these, then we'll be engaged in like self-preservation, you know, self-enhancement, fear and worry, and all these things that cripple the soul and cause anxiety, cause depression, cause fear, all these things, you know, when we're not bound or framed, our perspective is not framed by who he is and his goodness, then, then we can start relying on ourselves. And when we start relying on ourselves, like I started to do in the shop, it's like, how am I going to do this? It's like, I don't know how to do this. Um, you know, that's, that's when the anxiety starts to creep in. But anyway, so windows. The, uh, I wanted to talk about a uh, section of the Old Testament. It's actually one of my favourites in the book of Daniel. It's Daniel verse 6, and we're going to go through this in a bit of depth this morning. And it says, uh, Daniel 6 verse 1, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel was distinguished himself, now Daniel so distinguished himself amongst the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So let's, let's start with this. So right now, Daniel, the favoured one of God, the, you know, representing like the people of God in this story, he was about to be promoted. He was about to see some favour come through in his life. Good things were about to take place when a trap was set by his enemies. So verse 4. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. And I love that about Daniel. This is one of my favorite verses of, you know, when you take, you know, these gold nuggets from people in the Bible that we can learn from. I love this about Daniel. There was no negligence found in him. Whatever he did, Whatever he did, whether it was in business or, or family or government or, or whatever it was, there was no negligence found in him. And that's really something that I've uh, tried to embrace in my life, that whenever I'm doing anything, especially for the kingdom of God, that I would not do it just half-hearted. I would not do it just, oh, yeah, token effort. There you go. You can have my leftovers. No, it's got my whole heart because this is the primary purpose of why we're alive. This is the primary purpose, the kingdom of God, to build the kingdom of God. So everything he did honoured God. So verse 5, finally these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever the royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except you, your majesty, shall be thrown to the lions. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and putting it writing so it cannot be altered. And so it was done. So this was set up as a trap. This was set up basically to take him out of the way. 
I don't know if you've ever felt like that. You know, you've just, you've just been caught off guard. Something's, you felt like something has come just to take you out. This is, this is what happened to Daniel. And instead of freaking out, Daniel did what he always did. He took it to the one who could do something about it. His perspective of the bigness and goodness of God hadn't changed. He knew his God was and is the same he's always been. Despite this thing coming against him, he stayed the same. He stayed the same. He knew who his God was. He knew his God was on his side. It says verse 10, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. So he went up and he opened the window. So he chose which way he was going to focus his direction on. He chose which way he was going to keep going. He was going to do the same as he's always done. Despite these words, despite this, this, this probably fear coming in of like, what am I going to do? He chose to set his face towards Jerusalem. And that was 500 miles away across the plains because he's in exile at the moment. But that was 500 miles away towards the, uh, Jerusalem, which means the city of peace, the city of the Lord. And he was facing the direction that he intended to keep going after. He faced the direction that he kept go- intended to keep going after. I don't know about you. I don't know what you're facing in your life or whether you need perspective about an area. And perspective doesn't mean having all the answers. Because often God just gives you a piece at a time, a piece at a time, a piece at a time. If God had told me what I'd be doing now, the last time actually I visited this church, I was sitting in the back row. I was like, okay, I was, uh, you know, just starting. I thought, you know, I'll help you out with some C3 Care stuff for a while. That was like many years ago. I don't know, quite a long time. So that was the last time I was here. And if God had told me all the things I'd be doing now, I'd be like, heck no. <laughs> But he grows us, he stretches us, he, you know, he moves us forward, he changes us and he, he just asks us just to keep saying yes to him and then he'll take us where we're going. But here, he was facing the direction that he was going after. He didn't have all the answers but he just turned his face to the one who did. When everything looked like it was going backwards, he did not let that dominate his perspective, not even when he was in the lion's den. Because that's what the judgment was. He prayed, he got caught out, and he had to be put in the lion's den. But, and we know this, that God closed the mouths of the lions. And instead they ripped apart the same men that had tried to set him up. God did the work. Daniel just kept his eyes on God. That's what Daniel's job was, just to keep his eyes on God and God did the work. Verse 18, then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment brought to him and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel And he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed, gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted out from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. I love that last sentence. No wound was found on him 
No wound will be found on us because we trust in our God. Our God is our peace. Our God is our comfort. Our God is our direction. Our God is the one who makes the way. We just need to open our windows and face towards Jerusalem, face towards Jesus. So good. And I think this could be my favorite part because the word went out. God was glorified through the whole kingdom. Verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and the peoples of every language in all the earth. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of the kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. And he performs signs and wonders in the heavens and earth. And he, was, he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and Cyrus, the Persians. You know, he does, our living God. The glory went up for him. You know, that's what we're doing. You know, as our 11 locations across city, Sydney, as churches across, you know, the whole world, that we would see Jesus glorified, that we would see the word go out. We would see people find their salvation. They would be rescued. They would be saved. And through Daniel's just persistence, Daniel's just keeping his usual perspective of God is who he says he is. God will protect me. God will save me. With Daniel just doing that, nothing else, just keeping his focus on the Lord. You know, he didn't have to strive. He didn't have to do anything. He just kept his perspective on the Lord. And through it, God was honored. God was glorified and the word went out. Amen. Amen. So he does. Our living God who is interested in our lives, who rescues and saves, still performs signs and wonders in all the earth. And our perspective should always be framed by this. Colossians 3 verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. 2 Corinthians 4 8. As we look to the things that are seen, but the thing, but as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. For the things that are unseen are eternal. Are eternal. Can I just ask, do you guys finish at quarter past or 11? All right. I've got one more story. Is that all right? I should have asked that. <laughs> I'm still a newbie. <laughs> okay. I had a dream last night. I always, uh, I really believe in the supernatural as all of us at C3 do. I really believe that God helps us out, gives us wisdom to understand things. And one of the main ways that God speaks to me is, is in my dreams. And I had a dream about Penrith uh, last night. And it was like a historical dream. And it was, um, it was like it, it had been held for ransom. Pen, C3 Penrith had been held for ransom. And the price kept going up. And the price kept going up. And I felt like God wanted to declare this morning, it has been paid in full. It has been paid in full. I don't know if anybody here is feeling like that, like you just can't get ahead, you just can't get that break, you can't get that breakthrough. But I want to declare today that Jesus has paid in full. I have this, this story. I um, Part of C3 Cares, uh, we get donated these uh, two cows that are butchered and everything for the meat supply. And uh, every month we have to go up there, up to Gresford, um, which is near Maitland, uh, in our ute, load it all up and bring it back down to Sydney. It's a, it's a great deal. It's very generous of the guy to give it to us. We just have to go and get it. 
And, um, and there was this one time early on, right at the beginning, and we had these giant eskies, the, the really big kind, and they were on the back. And all of a sudden, I was driving up the, the motorway, the M, M1, and all these cars started, like, beeping at me and, like, pull over, pull over. And I was like, why? <laughs> okay, but I did. And I looked out, and the, the trailer flap had fallen off. And I found out later that the ute that I'd borrowed had a dodgy trailer flap. And it's like, thanks for telling me. And uh, one of the big eskies had fallen off. And I was like, oh, my gosh. This was b before the meat was in it. If the meat had been in it, uh, like it would have been, it's like 1,000 kilos. So I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I have no idea when this happened. Like, I looked back and I was like, I can't tell. Did this happen five minutes ago? Did it happen an hour ago? Like, people have been trying to get my attention, but I'd been like, I don't know, just in my own well praying or something. I don't know. And... Um, and I was like, I have no idea when this happened. Like, did I cause an accident? Like, that was my biggest concern. Like, this giant esky bouncing off the back of the trailer. I was like, oh, that's not good. So I just continued to go about my day. There was nothing I can do about it. Uh, I rang my boss, and uh, he prayed for me. And he's like, you know what, Carly? Just going to pray that everything that, you know, you're worried about, because there's anxiety. Oh, there was real anxiety that I'd hurt someone. And I was like, okay, everything that, um, that you're worried about, we're just going to pray. We're just going to give it to God right now. And, and we're also going to pray that this does not cost you a cent. This does not cost you a cent. I was like, amen. <laughs> I received that. And, um, and, you know, it was a period of my life where I was trying to save, trying to save. And then, um, and then it was like two weeks went by and then I got a call from like... Newcastle police or whatever it was left a message on my phone like oh no I really did not want to return that call and I just I called them up I was like and I explained the situation I said yeah I borrowed a, a, a ute it had a faulty thing fell off I didn't know where it fell off so I, I didn't know what to do about it and they said okay well you know it's not really a leaving a scene of the accident then if you don't really know where the accident happened. And he said, it actually did hit a car, but it just, you know, kind of clipped their, their window light thing. And it's like, so, like, no one's injured or anything. And he goes, but obviously you're going to have to pay for it with the insurance. And I was like, oh, okay. And, um, and so we, we went through the whole process and, uh, you know, I told uh, the, the, the van owner and, and everything and they're like, you know what, we're just, we're just going to cover this for you. We're just going to pay the insurance. We're just like, it, it's on us. We're going to be fine. And so I was like, wow. It was like this thing that had weighed on me, this honest mistake, you know, this thing that could really have, you know, caused a lot of problems. And it's just like immediately when I got that phone call that said that they were just going to take care of it, I, was, I just heard God say, it's been paid in full. It's been paid in full. Say, so just keep your eye on me, no matter what's going wrong, no matter what these things get thrown at you. You know, like, pretty good idea. I check the back of the thing like 10 times. I don't let anyone close the back of the U anymore. It's like, I'll do it, and I have to slam it shut, and I'm just like dragging on it. I was like, okay, there's no negligence in me now, I know. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, that time I was just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. It's been paid in full. And I just wanted to declare that over our Penrith family. It's been paid in full. 
is being paid in full. What Jesus did on the cross covers everything. It covers our history. It covers our background. It covers our mistakes. We do not have to keep paying for things over and over and over again. It has been paid in full. We are clean and clear and out of there because of the blood of Jesus, because of the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross. He who had no sin became sin for us so that we can be made right with our Heavenly Father. So that on that day that we see him face to face, like that Bible verse was talking about, now we just see a reflection. But one day we're going to see him face to face. And on that day, he's going to stand before us. He's going to know us. He's going to embrace us. He's going to take us into his kingdom. Because we have chosen to follow him. And right now, if you have not yet made that decision... To put Jesus as Lord of your life, I'll get Dave back up. Thanks, Dave. If you have not made that decision, I want to read this verse for you, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. And if you're here this morning, we might all stand. Yeah, thanks, Dave. We might all stand. I'm going to finish with two prayers. One, if you have not yet made a decision to put Jesus as Lord of your life, I'm going to invite you to pray with me and make that decision. I was 28 years old when I made this decision. And, um, oh, it's been a wild ride since then. He is not slow in keeping his promise. He wants everyone to come to repentance. And if you're here, whether you're old or young, just starting out or you feel like you're finishing up and you need to get your heart right with God, you need to get your life right with God, you need your perspective to change, to be set on things that are eternal rather than the things that are earthly around us. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, Carly, yep, include me in this prayer. I want to give my life to Jesus. Jesus.